Stanton, all the music, all the people, the band, and everybody does so much each week. Sometimes I think we just kind of take it for granted, and, uh, but they work hard, and we appreciate their sacrifice for us so that we will have a good service. Amen? And by the way, Dow, uh, sometimes one end affects the other end. I just thought I'd mention that to you. You can talk to me about that after the service. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I had, uh, last week I had real difficult, a real difficulty putting a message together. And I actually had four or five I was going to until last minute late Saturday night. And then I put something together and spoke last week. And the same thing's uh, true this week. I uh, had my message, had it all ready, and uh, thought, and then just don't feel comfortable. I don't know what that is, whether it's the devil or whether it's the Lord saying, you know, you need to go a different direction. And so I just uh, tried to be flexible as I can uh, during that. The title of my message this morning is The Last American Believers. The Last American Believers. Uh, I don't know, uh, I've just gotten so full of everything that's going on that it's very sad, depressing, and it just kind of pulls you down in what uh, we're seeing. But what we're seeing over the last 50 years, <laughs> and it's not a political thing. It, it, it's not a, uh, you vote for this person, that person. It's just what we actually see around us that really should frighten us in a sense that we don't have much time left either way, whether it's a rapture or they close your mouth. And so we need to say something. And so, and I was thinking about that, and I don't like to get political, to be honest with you, but there are things that you need to stand up against that are sinful, and I think God wants you to do that. And I was thinking last night, so I thought about Paul, so I looked up some verses, Acts 16, 35. And when it was day, the magistrates sent the uh, surgeons saying, let those men go. And the keeper of the prison told this saying to Paul, Paul's in prison, the magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. But Paul said unto them, they have beaten us openly, uncondemned, being what? Don't forget that. Being Romans, Roman citizenship, and have cast us into prison. And now do they thrust us out privately? Nay, verily, but let them come themselves and fetch us out. In other words, Paul used his citizenship of being a Roman citizen a born free one, at that time to make a point and to furtherance of the gospel, actually. It states in chapter 22, verse 24 and following, the chief cam uh, captain commanded him to be brought into the castle and bade that he should be examined by scourging, they're going to beat him, that he might know wherefore they cried so against him. And as they bound him with thongs, leather straps, Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, is it lawful for you to scourge a man 
that is a Roman and uncondemned. I have constitutional rights, you know. When the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief captain, saying, Take heed what thou doest for this man that is Roman. And then he goes on. Then the chief captain came and said unto him, Tell me, art thou a Roman? He said, Yea. And the chief captain answered, With a great sum obtained, I this freedom. And Paul said, But I was freeborn. And then straightway they departed from him, which should have examined him. And the chief captain also was afraid, after he knew that he was a Roman, a citizen of those who were in power at that time because they had bound him. And then another time is in Acts chapter 23, verse 23. And he called unto him two centurions, saying, Make ready 200 soldiers to go to Caesarea, and horsemen threescore and ten, and spearmen 200 at the third hour of the night, and provide them beasts that they may set Paul on, and bring him safe unto Felix the governor. And he wrote a letter after this manner, Claudius Lysias, unto the most excellent governor Felix sendeth greetings. This man was taken of the Jews, who were always trying to kill him, and should have been killed of them. Then came I with an army and rescued him, having understood that he was a Roman. Paul used his citizenship, the constitution that they had, how a citizen should be treated. And Paul, in his life, used that from time to time. As believing Christians and American citizens of this great land, we're taxpayers, we should have some kind of clout, with the right to speak out freely. Now we say and we know that we now live in a very diverse society, a post-Christian era, an anti-Christ culture, and that's proven by the way the media, TV, educational system, the courts, the elites and government excludes us, attacks us repeatedly. I just saw the other day that now the government's going after Catholics. They're calling them white supremacists because they believe in pro-life. Huh? You just saw that? here just this week. Today, it doesn't matter how much they offend us. doesn't matter how intolerant they are of us. We're supposed to be tolerant of their intolerance of us. Isn't that crazy? Now, as believers, we believe in cultural diversity. We believe in African, Asian, Indian, Hispanic, European doesn't matter to us. God's family is truly global and diverse. God has created a colorful people. But always remember this, that in the end, we all come from two people, Adam and Eve. And we are one blood, as Ken Ham teaches and we're, we have the same grandpappy parents of the past, okay? 
We believe in religious tolerance to allow others to believe, hold, defend their religious convictions, not by violence or intolerance of others' faith. But just always remember this, Christianity was the foundation and Judeo-Christian mindset was the foundation for this country. So for people to come in and try to change and exclude that, that's what we stand up against. Amen? Tolerance doesn't mean we have to agree with everything. The very word tolerance assumes disagreement. But remember, there's a difference of tolerance under law and equality according to truth. Equal toleration does not mean equal credibility. Let me say that again. Equal toleration does not mean equal credibility. An American citizen, we're tolerant. As a Christian, we're always gracious, should be to all people. But as a follower of Jesus Christ, the only true God, and only one true gospel today, all others are false and non-existent. That's just the truth. Isaiah 43, verse 10 says this, Ye are my witness, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe in me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. That's pretty inclusive, isn't it? Then it states in verse 44, verse 6, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, I am the, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. He is the only one true God. No other God, regardless of what they bring into this world, only God is God, the God of the Scripture. Galatians chapter 1 verse 6 says this, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel than the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. God says, listen, there's only one way to get to him. Amen. Now, that's good stuff, and I can't keep my pants up for some reason this morning. I keep adjusting. I'm worried about them just dropping. Amen. It's like Stan talks about the old-time preacher preaching, and he'd go like that all the time. The guys start laughing, and he'd do it again, you know. He preached, and finally he looked down, and he'd been pulling up his boxer shorts. And they had hearts on them. <laughs> God requires, indeed he demands in love, that man choose him and reject all others. Joshua stood up in verse chapter 24, And I have given you a land for which you did not labor, and cities which you built not, and you dwell in them of the vineyards and uh, 
olive yards which you planted, not do ye eat. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And, it seem, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I don't care what happened, only God. It states 1 Kings 18, 21. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, Not a word. They were stupid. They should have said, We'll follow God. That's what he was talking about. 1 Thessalonians 9 and 10. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven. Amen? So I'm saying that God wants us to choose him and only him. America has been the bedrock, the hope for God's absolute truth to be part of its foundation, the very fiber of our civilization. We know as we look back on our past history, we've had our problems. We've had our dark times, no question. But I believe with all my heart, the Constitution and Bill of Rights that were placed together has allowed us that when we recognize that, we stand up and correct the bad and change it to something good. Thank God for that. But now we're being told we're forced to remain silent in the public arena of ideas and service. Our media, our culture, our universities are telling us what we are to believe, what is acceptable to them. Today's viciousness has reversed not just the First Amendment, but they have reversed what is truth. That's an amazing thing there. And it's suppressed freedom of speech unless you agree with their narrative. Just say something contrary to what they believe is right and you watch the backlash. We're seeing the tide turn from our foundation of Judeo and Christian values. Judeo, the Old Testament. Christian, the New Testament, in a sense. It's morals. They were so deep. They hardly were ever questioned. And that caused America to understand that we have been a uniquely blessed nation by God and biblical truth. From God's absolute word, that has helped guide America to her greatness, we should appreciate God so much. And we've turned from that to becoming more socialistic, progressivism, culture, 
leading us to a state government that's the sole source of human rights. And its citizens, it seems like to me, are now owned by the state. We know that. I heard just the other day on the news that in our Senate, in our Congress, and among the judges, there are, we have at least 100 socialist people. My question, how in the world did they ever get there? Who voted them in? That's, that's amazing to me. We know this, Marxism's goals. One is religion must be forcibly by law set aside. Forcibly by law. Children are the states, so government educates them. Hello, are we seeing that before our very eyes today? They're keeping secrets from the parents. The parents don't own the children, the government does. Women are liberated from homemakers to the workforce. Let me say, I'm not against women working, but never be ashamed of ever being a mom as they try to shame us. Redistribute wealth through laws and taxes and penalties. That's America today. You know, there's a reason there are elites out there. Do you think they're so stupid that they're going to allow that happen to them? They'll leave this country before they allow that. Man, here's a big one, man is basically good. Once the revolutionaries, they say, the workers achieve overthrowing the capitalist system, then government would fade away. Has that happened in other socialistic countries? The country overturned by socialism? What happened? It was not paradise but there was slaughter of people. I've said to you before, what corrupts, wealth or power? The progressives say it's wealth that corrupts, and that is a lie. As Lord Acton said many years ago, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. You can see it in Putin. Power corrupts absolutely. You can see it in Cabin Newsom. Well, I won't go there. Okay. Now, with the Bible's truth, our founding fathers, they had a clear understanding that man is basically evil. They understood that. There is none, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that seeketh after God. So what they did, they formed our government with that truth in mind. They gave us limited government that was biblically principled. The federal government, judicial, legislative, executive branch had certain powers, and all the rest was reserved for individual states. That was for checks and balances. But today we're seeing the powers of individual states declining and also even branches of the federal 
declining to fewer and fewer collecting power. If anything I've learned through the pandemic up to now, there's only a few people who control the entire country and really the entire world. Not very many. There's only a few. Sometimes we forget that man is evil. And as a result of that, it's no longer we the people. That's a joke. It's not we the people any longer. James Madison, he said, government was instituted among men because we are not angels. We're not basically good. And furthermore, we need to protect the people from the government. He's one of the architects of the Constitution. A nation that doesn't acknowledge the sinfulness of man. History proves that in the end will be a bloody, horrible, terrible form of government. Proverbs 29 verse 2 says this here. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. Huh? Isn't that true? I've given you these statistics, but I think they're good repeating. France, the revolution, they said man was good. They had class envy, the wealthy are bad, and multitudes went to the guillotine. Russia, Marx, he said man is good. He said we live in a corruption-filled nation because of capitalism. Down with that system. Put in a social order, no classes. And that opened up millions to be slain or go to the gulag. And by the way, when you hear the word equity, we believe in equal opportunity for everybody. But equity, it doesn't mean that if I work 90% of the time and you work 20% of the time and you get paid the same as I do, there's no incentive to even work. Amen? I should have got a good amen on that one. Man without God. Germany, Nazism, World War II. We talk about the Holocaust, which is true, but the destruction it did all across Europe was awful because they believed in the supreme race. Communism, socialism, China, Mao. He killed Mao. He killed 75 to 100 million of his own countrymen. China is on the march. Just look what they've done to Hong Kong. It used to be a free city in a sense. No longer. It's unbelievable what they're doing to Christians in China today. It breaks your heart. It's unbelievable how many have been in prison or killed. Churches closed, period. Exterminated. That's going on in China. Well, there's a progressive push. Get rid of our military. Get rid of our guns. Get rid of our defense abilities. Then we'll never be attacked. What kind of thinking? Get rid of our police. Get rid of the criminal laws of punishment. Then we'll have peace. 
You see, that's based upon the unbiblical view that man is basically good and man is not good. Today our mindset, and I gave you this before, but I like it, John Lennon's song, Imagine. He wrote and he said, he longs for the day when religion will have no more influence on society and where mankind will finally be free to make its own rules without God. When that song hit in the 1970s, there was a nation that had, uh, they were atheists and turned socialistic and they seized power. They remade society totally free from any religious institutions at all. They killed one-fifth of their population. They killed the most brilliant and educated people so they wouldn't be a threat later on. That was Cambodia. And if you're old enough, you remember the killing fields. I think of Russia, socialism. How's Ukraine doing? Hello? How are they doing? It's genocide of what's going on. John Lennon may have envisioned, he said, I see a world of peace, love, and free from the shackles of religion and thoughts of heaven. But given him nature in man's sinfulness as it is, such a world does not exist, will not ever exist until Jesus Christ returns to this earth. And when a nation has the absolute truth of God and his word, yet then they move away from God. They move away from his morals, from acknowledgement of him. They move away from heaven and hell, away from judgment and accountability. They create a hell on earth. Psalm 9:17 says this, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations, plural, that forget God. If a nation's been blessed with the light of the gospel, then turn their back on that. It's a bad situation. Over the past 50, probably 100, the past 50 years, we've seen America go from a God-fearing nation to a government that removes, excludes God from the equation. And when you remove God, that results in becoming more sinful than ever. Our country stands up and takes pride, makes laws for abortion, same-sex marriages, transgender surgeries, human trafficking, porn, godless academics, anti-Christian court rulings, absence of Christ in public, murders, rapes, robberies, break-ins, greed, crime. We talk about Chicago. What about Indianapolis? Evolution advances, power hungry, theft from taxpayers, flesh exploding, fierceness, debased thinking, inhumanness, drugs, violence, lying, filth of language, government terrorism, irreverent of God, Bible ridicule, pride in exalting man, situation, ethics, living intolerant of us. That's what we see today. But no matter... How hard man tries to exclude and forget God, he can't. And he can't because of creation and because of conscience, the natural laws of God. Romans 2.15 says this here. 
would show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the means so on. It's in them. They can't deny it. And when they stand before God one day, man is and will be without excuse. Romans 1.20 says this here, and I'm coming down the stretch, so don't get nervous. I know you have a restaurant date. <laughs> For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even the eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. They can't deny God because of creation. They can't deny God because of their conscience, and it's written even in their hearts. God, he's true, and he is real. And the Bible says this, one, when man or a nation refuses to honor and thank God, Romans 1, 21, 22, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became stupid. <laughs> they became fools. When you turn your back on God, it results in them becoming darkened and foolish. We see that all around us today. When a man or nation following their own ways, their own thinking, results in verse 23 and 24 of Romans 1, and change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves in other words, it results in becoming more immoral and more irreverent toward God. Are we seeing that today? Then in verse 25, when a nation lifts themselves higher and instead of God, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature, climate change the world more than the creator who is blessed forever, amen. And then he says in verse 26 and 27, For this cause God gave them over unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lusts one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was me. I didn't say that. God said that. And when man and nations lift that sort of things up outside of God's will, it results in becoming more debased and more perverted. Matter of fact, those verses are teaching us that shows that God has already turned his back on them. That's why they're even going deeper into that. And then... When a man and nation excludes God from their lifestyle and society, Romans 1.28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And the next verse, I don't know if I have another verse, verse 32, who knowing the judgment of God 
that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. In other words, it results in we don't need God attitude leading to justifying their sins, openly approving them all as okay. As believers, we can't be tolerant of America's sins. We need to stand up and fight for America's soul, its godly heritage, with our voices, our actions, our testimony for Christ. Not intolerance that lashes out hate upon people, but an intolerance that's refusing and willing to allow untruth and error to masquerade as truth. That's a great statement, Jim. In our intolerance, that calls evil, evil. And truth, good. And it's good because it's based upon the truth of the word of God. What would happen if our elected officials ever stood up in the Congress or Senate or other offices like Benjamin Rush? He said, my only hope of salvation is in the infinite transcendent love of God manifested to the world by the death of his son Jesus Christ on the cross. Nothing but his blood will wash away my sins. I, real, I rely exclusively upon it. Come Lord Jesus, come quickly. What if our senator would stand up and say that? Amen? Or, or you can go down, I have several. Patrick Henry we all acknowledge him. He said, give me liberty or give me death. But something more important, he said, it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians, not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hello. We're always trying to appease everybody. Now, we want to be kind. But we have to stand on truth. And those men are just a few who helped form our country to go toward a godly direction. And so as I was studying this, I thought to myself, you know, Paul was not ashamed to use his citizenship. I have rights. I'm a citizen. And if you don't give me those rights, I'm not paying my taxes again. I wonder what they would say to me. Why do I pay taxes? I cannot speak anymore. I have no recourse. Who do I go to when they say something that's ridiculous? And they don't explain anything to us anyway anymore. They just give a little opinion statement and go on. Never an explanation. We say, do we have any recourse? They say, trust your government. I say, yeah, I'm going to make a donation to the FBI right now. <laughs> That's a loss. Forgive me. What recourse do we have? Just everywhere we are, we need to stand up for truth. I'm not 
say it and become fanatical, but I am saying stand up for the truth of God's word and Jesus Christ's gospel. He's the only true gospel. I don't care what AOC says. Amen? Or that other one from Michigan. This was a Christian nation, and you're violating it by trying to cancel us out. All I say to you is have a balance. Don't become over-political that you forget our mission on this earth. And that's to live for Christ, to share our faith with other people. But don't be ashamed of being a citizen of this country. Our Constitution guarantees us certain rights. And somewhere along the line, we have to stand up for those rights because they're trying to take it away from us. God help us. And I believe if there were more believers that got on their knees and their face and cried out to God for our country, maybe God might do something. I know that he said if there were ten righteous souls in Sodom and Gomorrah, he'd spare it. Surely there are thousands of believers who could seek the face of God. That's what I had to say today. Amen. Amen. We hope you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpnd.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. You can watch us live and view past services on our website, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Until next broadcast, may God richly bless you as our prayer.